Synagogue Church of Jesus Christ presents Revival with your host evangelist, Pastor Johnny O. Teaching and preaching God's holy word. Now let's learn God's holy word on Revival. Synagogue Church of Jesus Christ, I'm your host, Prophet Pastor Johnny O. What is going on here? The attacks towards those that are not vaccinated has reversed to those that are vaccinated. Let me read you something that just came across my desk by my deacon, and it reads, this is huge. Three British Airways pilots have died of COVID vaccine in the past seven days. And the British authorities are now in crisis talks with the UK government whether to allow the vaccinated pilots continue to fly their planes. At this present time, this is a huge problem because around 85% of all British Airway pilots have already been vaccinated. And the huge problem is that they can have these inflammations, blood clots, they can have heart attacks instantly, they can die in, in, at, in, at any moment, ladies and gentlemen, at any moment they can die. And uh, this is a huge turnaround because now you got cruise ships being uh, maneuvered by people that are vaccinated. You have trains, you have planes, you have truck drivers now driving in the streets vaccinated. And now they can have a heart attack and they can take people out left and right. This is a huge problem for the world, not just for one region, for the entire world. And now how are we, how are we going to address this issue? is how I'm, I'm bringing this up. This is a huge turnaround. Now, those that are vaccinated are in danger of dying instantly. Didn't I prophesy that to you, that God told me that within three years, each one of these people that are vaccinated are gonna die? And then the studies came back and said it's less than two. And this is, this is according to the scientific studies of these people that are studying vaccinated people and all of the historical and uh, all of the literature that's behind uh, the vac vaccines and vaccinated people. CDC is hiding everything. Just to find out who died recently, you have to go through all of these loopholes and uh, all of these uh, fill-ins in their website just to get to the deaths. It's really horrible. And then <clears throat> they're hiding the fact that over 60,000 people have been injured or killed, and I'm using that very clearly, injured or killed by the vaccine since. And then recently, uh, one reporter said that was on Fox News that he said very clearly that this vaccine alone has claimed more lives than any and all vaccines accumulated uh, since 1997. So that's really bad. Okay, and it keeps on going. And then companies are still forcing vaccines and threatening people's jobs. Yet at the same time, the rest of the world is worried about people vaccinated and working jobs. So there's a huge hypocrisy happening right now. And what is all this culminating to? Because it's called culminating to the end of times, where Jesus spoke about what's coming. And it's not only about vaccines, but it's the weather pattern. It's the hate. It's the racism. It's the financial collapse that's coming. It's the war that's going to hit Israel in the Middle East right now. It's all of these things that are going to culminate, which are pointing to the end of times. And there are still people out there that have no clue that we're in the end of times. They just think that the, uh, life is hunky-dory. We're going through a new phase and we'll get over it and life will go on. Well, no, we will not. We are at the brink of the rapture. We are at the brink of disaster. We are at the brink of the return of Jesus Christ. And we are at the brink of the return of the Antichrist. Any day now, the dragon shall come from the heavens and the beast out of the sea. So that's revelation. So we need to be ready, ladies and gentlemen, for what's coming because it's inevitable. There's nothing going to stop this. So let's start immediately. I'm going to go with a prophet who doesn't wish to call himself a prophet. He likes to call himself a pastor, and I respect that. So we'll call himself Pastor Dana Coverstone. I'm going to read to you the solemn September assembly that I have also contacted all of my deacons. I've contacted all of the members and said we're going to be doing our solemn September assembly this year. 
because I believe very firmly that uh, all of Dana Coverstone's dreams pertain to this year, not last year. So watch this. We're going to read into his September dream, and then we're going to bring up another video on him where he's talking about things that are going to culminate. And he's going to be using terms like suitcase. And he doesn't use suitcase nukes, but I'm going to let you know suitcase nukes are going to be used. I've had just a recent dream, again, with military action and killing of people. It was just recent. It was a couple of days old. And I'll probably end up sharing that if I have time. But let's go right into the Dana Coverstone September dream. And then we'll be right back with some more chilling information, prophetic word from God and God's faith in your life to prepare you for what's coming in the near future. And I'm telling you, you need to be prepared in Jesus name. Amen. The solemn September assembly that's coming is calling you guys to leadership. I want to read some scriptures, but commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him for he will lead this people across and will cause them to inherit the land that you will see. Deuteronomy 3:28. God is going to use you to a level that you've never thought that you could ever be used. Then God commanded Joshua, son of Nun, saying, Be strong, take courage. You will lead the people of Israel into the land that I promised to give them, and I will be right there with you. Deuteronomy 31:23. He's going to be leading you into a spectacular preparation of faith, hope, and grace, and you are going to be sanctified. Uh, God will be glorified through you and you will be he will be used greatly in these last moments in these uh, the harvest that's about to return because Dana in his dreams talks about a great harvest that's about to uh, just come to fruition and I've had many dreams that I was going to be used um, taken out of freestyle and right into the gospel and we're going to be doing some spectacular things for the kingdom of God so I want to go right into it and give you some encouraging words regarding leadership second Chronicles 6 16 through 17 says Lord God of Israel keep what you promised to your servant my father David you will never fail to have a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel. If only your sons guard your way to walk in my law as you have walked before me. And God is calling us to live his grace. We don't live by the old Torah law, but we live by grace. And that grace is not an abuse of grace. It's a grace of victory, a grace of breakthrough, a grace of supernatural provisions and supernatural uh, manifestations of the power of the Holy Spirit that is happening right now through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit because the Trinity is real. God is calling this church, God is calling this people to the next level in the faith walk that we're about to go through because this nation, America, is going to be rocked. And our president, Trump, is coming back. And everybody that was against Trump, prophesied against Trump, prayed and fasted against Trump, you need to repent. God's got a new plan for you. He wants to reveal to you you were wrong. You never heard from God. And he's telling you straight up, just repent, get back in right standings with God, and let's get going. Because the solemn September assembly is for everyone. It doesn't matter whether you're a republic, liberal, democrat, whether you are black, white, purple, green. It doesn't matter what you are, who you are, male, female. It just tells you straight up that God is coming. He's going to be shaking this nation. And now we are at the time of the end. And Trump will now begin his second consecutive term any day now. So we're just waiting for that, the military to make its action. And then we're going to go into a new phase in America, which will now be a phase that the church itself will have a strong role in it. And I want you to know that God's going to be using names and faces that were not very popular on TV. They had never even been on TV, let's just say that. They never had a TV show. And I'm going to be one of those names and faces uh, because God already called me to be a prophet back in December. And he never told me to say that Trump won anything or will win anything. He just told me to say Trump remains and that prophecy now has come to fruition and now people are just flocking to the ministry because they're saying, whoa, Johnny O was right and we were wrong. And there are many people on Facebook, you need to repent. You attacked me and stuff and I, I forgive you and I want you to know that God loves you and God has a huge plan for you. But 
the plan and the direction you were going originally while you posted things against me and you posted things against Synagogue Church of Jesus Christ and the members, you know, you really showed the devil in you. And you need to repent because that's not going to get you entrance into heaven. Only the blood of Jesus Christ and the confession of your sins and also confession that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. So I'm excited to read this and I'm going to begin to read it right now. So let's do this. The Solomon September Assembly by Dana Coverstone, the September dream of last year. Listen to this. He said he saw the calendar turn to September. Then a hand reached up and grabbed the month of September, then pulled it off the page. So literally it came off the page, the, the word. Then he laid it down in front of an altar. Now, about seven or eight years ago, they created a secret place, a prayer room, with an altar made with horns so that he saw the month of September laid down in front of that altar where Dana prays every day. Dana Coverstone created an altar with horns in this secret place which they call their prayer room and the words floated right down to the floor in front of that altar. The September month was laid on the ground in front of the altar. Then he was instructed to stand on the month of September. Now Dana was told, stand on the, the word September, which is in front of his altar of the horns and uh, in his prayer room. He began to pray for several things specifically. Now pay attention. He was instructed to pray for the church that it would have a strong backbone for corruption in the church to be exposed, and listen to this, and for a great harvest. And so he stand on the calendar and began to pray for those things. As he was praying, he heard a voice saying, you're not enough, we need more people praying. So he asked for more help. As Pastor Dana, standing on the calendar, he began calling out pastors, people, believers, whoever, you are, you need to pray for the church to have a strong backbone, corruption to be exposed in the church, and for a great harvest. Suddenly, the calendar below begins to get larger exponentially. It reminded him of the European plaza or courtyards where they had those life-size chess pieces. Then the calendar where he was standing on, it was on Tuesday, September 1st. Now he remembers it was Tuesday because he looked at the calendar and it was actually on a Tuesday last year. But that's not going to be this year. This year it's going to be on a Wednesday. And that he was standing on that and it gets exponentially bigger. And finally he saw the calendar look to the size of a football field. But then all of a sudden he, he is not the only one standing. There were other people standing on September 1st with him and there was a couple uh, then there was more of a couple on September 2nd and then the rest of the days there were more people praying in tongues there were people praying out loud there were some quiet there was some kneeling there was some prostrated every model of prayer you can imagine was being done on every single day of September but then the cry went out again we need more help we need more people to pray so we began to, as loud as we could, all of us, I mean the entire church, church, we need help, we need help. So we need to come, you need to come, you need to come and pray. Suddenly, Pastor Dana realized that the outline of the calendar was the outline of the contours of the United States of America, including Alaska and Hawaii. But he saw the outline of the country, but the calendar of September was still there. And he was raised in the air. As more and more people were jumping onto the calendar, people were praying. All of a sudden, there was no more white spaces on this calendar. The people are all filled in. It looked like ants. So I guess what he's trying to tell you is the calendar first started all white, and then more and more people praying of whatever mode of prayer they were using, it just blackened out the entire calendar. All of a sudden, there was no more white space in the calendar the people are all filled in. It looked like ants, people look like ants. And then he sees people standing all over the calendar, all over the United States, and they're all praying. 
They are praying for the church to have a strong backbone, for corruption to be exposed, for a great harvest. And he sees a finger appear, and he saw the words that was written, a solemn in front of September, then assembly after the words, so that it looked and it created the words, a solemn September assembly, which is a clear call for prayer for that month. And the number of people just continue to grow and grow and grow, and the contours of the United States is still there. And then suddenly he saw fires, fires break out, fires are coming, starting along the edges of America. And there were fires starting inside, and some of the fires and the fires of revival starting all over the country. But he saw fires of opposition as well, in persecution. Then he said he saw storm clouds all over the country, even while they were praying. There were rain, storms, and he could see the heavens, this demonic warfare of angelic angels of God fighting. He, he said he heard a saber rattling, that means war, or warnings of war, actually. You can hear uh, the fights, you can hear the grunts and the groans of the battle. He heard a fight and the people that were praying a fire of revival were coming and fires of opposition were also coming for the body of Christ. And he saw warfare, he saw the weariness of the saints. Believers were holding each other up and standing together without any division. They were fighting together in prayer. The battle was severe and intense and brutal. He saw that there were people bleeding, wounded, bruised, exhausted from all the praying. And the heavens were alive with that. Suddenly the heavens kind of opened and the storms kind of broke. And my mind was in, brought to the attention, was turned to the end of the month of September, where there was a lot of people still praying on that day. And the heavens opened and he saw the Lord standing with his angels and he said very clearly arise my bride arise my bride and prepare to pray arise my bride arise my bride prepare for battle and later he said arise my bride arise my bride prepare to see my face praise the lord for i am coming and my reward is with me then there was a sound like a thousand shofars being blown all at once praise god that could be the rapture and even in the dream he could feel the wind of those shofars hitting his face. Then he, Pastor Dana Coverstone, woke up. And that was one of the most powerful dreams ever. I got to be careful. I know if the rapture does happen, blessed be the name of the Lord. But I don't, you know, I just think that the dead in Christ is going to rise first. And then we who are alive remain to keep going with the gospel. And uh, it's going to change the world to see that the dead in Christ rises first and then we keep on preaching. Of course, it's going to dissipate after three or four years. You know that. But the first three years is going to be spectacular in God. And that's going to blow up the church. And then, of course, later on, the opposition and persecution makes total sense because people start forgetting about God. Even when the Antichrist, the dragon, comes from heaven and the beast that rises out of the sea starts uh, manifesting. So this was a phenomenal, I mean, phenomenal dream. And I believe it's this September, so we have to be ready. And if Dana Coverstone's dream, anything, man, that's, it's going to be spectacular what's going to be at the end of September. But we'll see. Praise the living God. Let's see what's going to happen. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be awesome. Give God all the glory. Let's continue with a video that he placed out on Prophecy Club. And uh, he did an audio, actually. And we'll listen to it, and I'll break in and out with some of the commentaries and the prophetic word that God has put in my heart to give you a clarity about what he's saying. Uh, we give God all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the testing floor dream. I had this between May 17th and May 21st. And I told Cherie that I felt like there was more coming. I just didn't know. Uh, I had another dream, and it wasn't quite right. We talked about that. We'll share some insight about that next week. But then I had this other one on Friday, June the 4th. But the testing floor dream is this. I dreamt I was sitting in an 80s-style high school classroom, and there were young and older men and women and many teenagers, but no children. There were green chalkboards and black chalkboards and a very large clock that had a powerful click. I could hear this click, click, click sound every time the second hand moved. Now, it started in the dream at 11.40. I was basically sitting at a desk looking at a clock on the wall that said 1140. He said 1140. That's the last hour. Now listen to this. 
Revelation 3.10 Because you have kept my word of my perseverance, I also will keep you from the hour of testing, that hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. We're on the final hour, and there's an hour coming after that, the 12 o'clock hour, the 12 midnight hour, to test the entire world. So that 11.40 is significant. We have the labors. Remember when Jesus was talking about the labors before that they, he gives them the same wage? Well, he goes to the final hour. He even mentions it there, that he gives them the same wage. So they're all working towards the race. The race is your faith in Christ. So we are trying to run to make that 12th hour, that last minute to uh, complete this test. Let's continue. It had obviously been going on for a while as each individual in the room was looking down and writing in a blue book style of exam. Some of you that went to college in the late 90s and 80s, you remember the, the blue books. Basically just a little notebook full of paper. You just filled in the test that way. And the man that I see so often in my dreams was in the front of the classroom, and he was walking up and down the rows and was taking notes on a clipboard for those who were being tested. He stopped and said, there's not much time left, so stay busy and finish the work. And at this point, I noticed there were some of the individuals in suits and dresses, yet some were in jeans and t-shirts. The time hit 11.45, and the man said, stay focused and let nothing draw you from the work at hand. The ones taking the test were obviously strained and sweating and were watching the clock and the man taking the man talking to them. Each face was firm and eyes only left the page to look at the man when he spoke. Alarms began to go off when it hit 11.50. And that alarm lasted until about 11.51 and some of the test takers stood up to stretch and the man began to pace faster past the students and was watching the clock in a more determined way. He even stopped when the alarm went off at 11.55 and simply stared at the clock for the entire minute. When he turned around, there were tears running down his face and he took papers from the clipboard and began giving each student a sheet full of the notes he had taken. They were different for each individual and as the people looked at the notes, they each began to cry. And the man said again, stay focused on the task, but be encouraged while you do. His pace quickened even more and he began touching the shoulders of each person and pouring oil on their heads from a pitcher that never emptied at all. Obviously, every test taker is a born-again, Bible-believing Christian or the remnant that is moving through the power of the Holy Spirit and being instructed by the Holy Spirit, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and being poured the oil. Matthew chapter 25. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, look at the midnight again, a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. Go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself. You don't buy oil, by the way. Buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Surely I say to you, I do not know you. Also, Matthew chapter 7 says the same thing, I don't know you. Verse 13, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. We've heard that also in Matthew 24, that no one knows the day nor the hour. So this prophetic dream has a rapture significant all wrapped in it. We need to be totally listening and prepared. The oil was running down their faces and down their hands and even flowed into the, into the words they were all writing on the pages of the test books. Suddenly the words on the pages became flames and the flames went up to the arms and onto the chest of each individual. And then the flames stayed over the heart of each person and began to paint each face with a fiery glow. Not an eerie glow, but a fiery glow. But the people continued to write and they were not afraid at all. The people stood with their hands in the air as the clock hit the 11.58 mark, 
and a countdown alarm sounded that was different from the others as it was a constant, almost annoying sound that was filling the room and getting even louder. That's the shofar, ladies and gentlemen. We're listening to the shofars. This is probably connected to the other dream where he talked about the thousand shofars blaring at the same time. Let me read you some scripture to even solidify this. This is pretty supernatural. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then it shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50, all the way through 58. Wow, that is some confirmation. We've got to keep listening to this. This is spectacular. Each person continued to praise God out loud, and the man walked around the room, quickly picking up the booklets, which were smoking from the fire, but not damaged by it. The man spoke very loudly and said, One minute remains. Please finish the task to the best of your abilities. And then the praise got louder, and the pile of booklets was raised into the air and vanished through the ceiling. Revelation 13.8 And all who dwelt on the earth will worship it everyone whose name has not been written before the foundations of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. Wow! Those books that vanished was a part of the Lamb's book of life. Names that were written that they gave their life to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! Praise the living God! Wow! Almost as if they were like on a pallet just lifted into the air. And when the clock hit 12, the floor seemingly fell through and vanished. But the people remained standing on what appeared to be air. So when the clock struck 12, the foundation of America that the church once stood on disappeared. It went into the abyss of the earth. But they, the remnant that was on fire for Jesus Christ, doing the will of God during this entire test, now are floating, doing the supernatural by the power and the faith that they held through the grace and the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow! That's crazy. Amen. Their hands were still raised and their eyes were now straight up in the air and the name being shouted, literally shouted, was Jesus. The, four, the floor falling below the people now appeared, the, the, I'm sorry, the floor falling below the people now appeared to be a map of the United States and it was billowing and flowing and rippling, almost like a, like a flag, but falling nonetheless in the darkness below. That is confirmation. The flag, the representation for America, falling like a flag, billowing right down into the abyss. The end of America as we know it, laws and governments and whatever. This is super duper natural. Confirmation that this is the end of America at the 12th midnight hour. And the church is doing supernatural acts, floating in the midst of this, focusing on God. This is amazing. And remember, they're inside the church. This is very key. Now, outside the building, where the tests were being taken, I saw groups of women standing in circles, chanting and screaming and cutting themselves to draw blood and then dropping the blood on a map in the United States. They were seeking its destruction and stood against the principles of righteousness as they were burning crosses and Bibles and they chanted, We need no God but self. And as they chanted this, they began to dance and wild, wildly and then started stumbling as the earth began shaking below them. They did not run or fear but began screaming even louder and cursed God with even more vigor and frenzy. It seemed the classroom and the outside event was happening at the same time because as they wildly moved around and cursed, I could hear the sound of the clock dinging at certain times. The closer to noon it got, the faster they moved, and when it hit noon, the map and the earth they were standing on and bleeding 
over fell onto the earth, into the earth, and every one of the people standing on it was drawn into the earth as well, almost like a giant vortex that became a bottomless hole. As I looked down, I saw the hole getting even deeper, and as I looked above, I could see the people in the classroom standing on the air with their hands lifted in praise. And then the man approached me in the middle, and he had a lightning bolt in his right hand. It was a dazzling source of light. It was hard to see because it was flashing and blazing like fire in his hands. And he said, the violent take it by force and violent in their faith. The church must be to withstand the winds and the fight that is being brought against her. But I stand with you. I'm watching the clock and listening to my father's command. And that was the dream as I saw it over those several days. The violent take it by, by force. This is a reference to why he was holding the lightning bolt in his hand, which was almost seemingly as a weapon. Because the church has to learn to be just as forceful within their faith, not hateful, but in faith, in confidence, in determination to stand firm on the word of God and to move and to take back what the enemy has stolen from us or attempts to do it through their rituals, magic, and all the incantations. We can stand against that and blow it away in the, in the nick of time by the power of prayer, fasting, and invocation of the Word of God through the Rhema and the scriptures that God has given us. And that's why we stand firm and we do it just as strong as they come towards us. We do it just as strong as back, right back to them. And we stand firm on the Word of God. And that was that end saying that he said, we stand firm on the word of God. Let's continue listening to a second part of this dream, which is just as prophetic as this first one. And it's going to speak to us even deeper about God's purpose, will, and what is about to unfold in Jesus' name. I'm calling the second one, the watchman and the firewind. The dream started with me in the classroom of the previous dream, and I was sitting at a desk, furiously finishing the test in front of me. It felt like even in the dream, my hand was aching from writing so much. Then I saw the floor was transparent, and I saw many men, as many as a hundred men, standing in a circle, and they were facing out. The men were all dressed casually, and they had Bibles in their hands, and they were preaching furiously. And I immediately, even in the dream, began to think about and reflect on the wolf's dream uh, with the red eyes that I had uh, almost a year ago. Um, and behind each man was a woman that appeared to be bracing them with their hands. They were standing behind the men with their hands on their shoulders and bracing them. And while the men preached, these ladies were calling out to God in what could only be defined as a wailing cry. They were, they were on it. They were praying. They were, they were, they were just approaching the throne. Uh, a wailing cry. It was absolute, there was absolute intensity in this arena, and the passion was extremely high as both men and women were literally shaking as they did what they were doing. On the outside of what appeared to be a circle boundary around the preachers was a massive crowd of people who were screaming at those in the circle. I heard the same sound of the clock uh, striking and looked to see the man walking through the room with a fevered pace. The words of the preachers were now coming out of their mouths like fire that caught the wind and began to fly over the massive crowd. It was almost like tongues of fire flying out of their mouths. Uh, it, it, it lit in the hair of some and others would beat that fire out. Some sought out the fire and were consumed by it. Once consumed, they would begin to share the same message the preachers were sharing with the same kind of fire coming out of their mouths. And the majority of the crowd ran from it while several were accepting it, and the great crowd began to assault and spit upon anybody declaring the gospel. They were being pummeled with fists and with sticks, but the preaching continued and with even more fervor. It was almost like they were being pushed on in their energy. The eyes of the crowd now turned red, and the people began to howl. I heard the classroom test monitor say, one minute remains. Please finish the task to the best of your abilities. I then heard the praise in that room get louder and the preachers on the ground in this dream began to lift their hands and loudly, almost yelling, loudly declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and Christ is King. And this caused the redness in the eyes of the haters of the message to begin to flash. Eyes began to flash and they rushed the ones in the circle. And at that moment, there was this great gust of wind that furled fire over the entire crowd, knocking them to the ground and causing them to cover their eyes. And the wind that I felt in this dream was almost like the wind that the, the, when the shofars blew in the September Solemn Assembly prayer dream that I had. It was almost like I could feel the wind in the dream. And uh, at the, so that great gust of wind, the furled fire, knocked the entire crowd to the ground. 
They covered their eyes, and the test monitor now walked among them, and he declared, You have rejected my word. And he said it just like this. I got, I got to do it so you hear it. You have rejected my word and my admonitions. And he held that almost like a Z. You have rejected my word and my admonitions. And he held that S to the point that it sounds a little like a, bzzz, like, a, like a buzz. You have rejected my word and my admonitions to your own demise. Yet even now, if you will turn to me, I will accept you. And then he turned to the preachers who were covered in sweat and appeared weakened and beaten. And he said, well done. You finished the test well. The winds of opposition are here and will get stronger, but remain braced and firm in your message. Do not compromise it, for they will perish. Do not compromise it, for they will perish if you do. And the last thing he said was, be instant now more than ever. And I woke up to spend quite a bit, about several hours, just pacing my floor and thanking God for what he'd shown me. That was supernatural. Because the first part of the dreams that I opened up with was with the solemn September assembly of 2020. And in there, he talks about the thousand shofars going off that he felt the wind. And in this part of the dream, it actually was what he mentioned. He said he felt the wind just like that part of the dream back in 2020 in September. So there's a connection. I did not anticipate this. This was super duper natural. Then the Lord during this whole process kept reminding me of the vision of the cruise ship which i shared on wednesday at bible study with all the group they were blown away i also want to give props to one of my members that was just recently attacked by demons because she is right on the right track and god is just blessing her and opening up our eyes congratulations and i know it's kind of weird to congratulate her that she was attacked by demons but it goes to show you that she's doing something right and she's shaking up the kingdom of darkness good for you god bless you um, the vision it was a vision on the cruise ship I'm going to read it because I got it in detail but it was supernatural it was some time back I was hustling to get some food for lunch before the ship closed their lunch during the 1230 lunch hour it was a buffet so I created a plate I felt the Holy Spirit come all over me with great joy in scriptures I physically started repeating out loud 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse Verses 16 through 18. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. It was so real and so powerful that I couldn't stop saying that in front of people. It was crazy. I couldn't even cover my face because I was holding the tray with my two hands. My hair... All over, my, all over my body was standing up. My hair was all over standing up. And it, it, I was like on fire for the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit all over. It would not subside. It kept on going and going and going. Then my wife, she found me and she said to me, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? Then she just kept seeing the manifestation all over me and my body, my hair. She knew that something was all over me. She said it. She, she physically saw me in that state uh, as if something powerful had already occurred. Then I mentioned to her what was happening. And I told her that I'm being shaken physically and spiritually. Then I remember my wife's face. She was in amazement. Then the anointing came right back because it had ended. But the manifestation was still there. It came back, but this time instead of joy, it was sorrow. And then I started feeling sorrowful and sad. And then I asked God, how soon? How close are you? How close are you? And I remember saying that to him. And the, the one thing in the vision I remember was the word soon then the vision just kept draining and, and I was moving all over the place and I believe that I have been commissioned uh, to find out about the time of the consummation and the rapture of the church and that was the end of the vision uh, two of my friends later on the cruise ship caught me and she saw how, how messed up I was in my hair my everything she was like are you okay and then my wife told her no he just went through a, a spiritual episode with God on the ship and they couldn't believe it but then you know we just kept going with the cruise uh, but I did write it down as soon as I could uh, to uh, to uh, record it and everything and God continued to tell me that this is just you need to tell the people regarding this and this whole manifestation because there's going to be something supernatural about to happen and I'm just blown away and you know I I, 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 mean, I don't want to predict the rapture, but unfortunately, these dreams and everything is pointing to something supernatural. 
And we got to keep focused and on our faith and we have to just trust the Lord for what is about to occur because I don't know what's about to occur. I do remember that, that in this house that I'm living in right now, by the kitchen, I was standing there one time and I had a vision or a dream and I looked at my wife and my wife was saying, what's going on outside? And I said, sweetheart, it's the rapture. So I said, Greg, give me your hand. I gave, I grabbed my hand, the hand of my wife, and we just flew up into the air. And we went right through the roof of our ceiling of our living room, and we went right into the, the heavens with God. And that was in this house. So I'm not saying that it's going to happen very soon, but I'm not going to put no, I'm not going to disrespect the word of God or these dreams and visions. And I'm not, you know, Dana said, don't put the, these dreams into the same setting as the scriptures, and I couldn't agree more with him, but... I'm just going, I'm just sharing what I'm reading and I'm just sharing what the Holy Spirit is leading me. So that's all I'm doing right now. Let's continue because uh, there's more to these dreams and visions that I have to share with you uh, regarding what's coming September, October and November. So it's going to be pretty supernatural and we're going to be move, moving the earth with the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to be doing miracles and wonders, multiplication of food and water, healing. We're going to be bringing the dead to life. It's going to be absolutely supernatural. So this next part is another recording of Dana sharing some more dreams regarding what's coming. And I think that the Lord is also telling me that I need to read to you something from Joel. So let's go to Joel immediately and then we're going to go right into the video with Dana. Joel has something very important to say. Let's read this. The Book of Joel The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. Hear this, you elders, and give ear all you inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days, or even in the days of your fathers? Tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children, and their children another generation. What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. Awake, you drunkards, and weep, and wail, all you drinkers of wine, because of the new wine, for it has been cut off from your mouth. For a nation has come up against my land, strong and without number. His teeth are the teeth of a lion, and he has the fangs of a fierce lion. He has laid waste my vine and ruined my fig tree. He has stripped it bare and thrown it away. Its branches are made white. Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. The grain offering and the drink offering have been cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn who minister to the Lord. The field is wasted. The land mourns, for the grain is ruined. The new wine is dried up, the oil fails. Be ashamed, you farmers, wail, you vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. The vine is dried up, and the fig tree has withered. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple tree, all the trees of the field are withered. Surely joy has withered away from the sons of men. Gird yourselves and lament, you priests. Wail, you who minister before the altar. Come, lie all night in sackcloth, you who minister to my God. For the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord, Alas for the day! For the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as destruction from the Almighty. Is not the food cut off before our eyes? Joy and gladness from the house of our God? The seed shrivels under the clouds. Storehouses are in shambles. Barns are broken down, for the grain has withered. How the animals groan! The herds of cattle are restless because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep suffer punishment. O oh Lord, to you I cry out, for fire has devoured the open pastures, and a flame has burned all the trees of the field. The beasts of the field also cry out to you, for the water brooks are dried up, 
and fire has devoured the open pastures. You just heard Joel chapter 1. On verse 13, which it read, it said, Gird yourselves and lament, you priests. Wail, you who minister before the altar. Come, lie all night in sackcloth, you who minister to my God. For the grain offering and for the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Then it says, Consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of your Lord, your God, and cry out to the Lord. That's a rapture. That's the elders. Now it talks about the elders. There's another book that talks about the elders, and that's uh, in Revelations chapter 4. So let's go there now. In Revelations chapter 4, we read, After these things I looked and opened, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. We read the word trumpet speaking. Now, where do we read trumpet? And we have to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses uh, 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. Trumpet. That's uh, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 52. And then we got Revelations chapter 4, verse 1, talking trumpet. Now, then if you continue here, it says in verse 2 of Revelations chapter 4, verse 2, it says, immediately I was in the Spirit. Now, who's writing this book? It's John. And John is an old patriarch. So John, being that he's an old patriarch, he falls into the category of what? He is the, uh, the dead in Christ rising first. And when you read that, we read that before when we were talking about um, the, the, the ship, the cruise ship, where I was quoting the scriptures of this cruise ship, which I kept quoting, and, and the Lord kept telling me to say it. It was for the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. There it is again, the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And then Revelation chapter four, when we go there, I'm, I'm just going there really quickly and here we are. Now, after these things I looked and behold, I'm reading verse one, a door standing open in heaven and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet, wow saying come up here and i will show you things which must take place after this so immediately i was in the spirit and behold a throne set in heaven and one that sat on it on the throne and he who sat was like a jasper and a sour stone in appearance and there was rainbows around the thrones in appearance like an emerald and around the throne were 24 uh, thrones and on the 24 thrones I saw 24 elders sitting. Elders, whoa, wait a minute, elders sitting there. So that means that chapter 4 is also connected to Joel. And we read Joel already, chapter 1, which I'm going there now again. And it's just right here. Joel chapter 1 and verse 13. And this is consecrated fast and call a sacred assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of your God. That's a rapture. And then, <clears throat> if you go further, uh, I think it's right here, on uh, chapter 2 of Joel, we read starting on verse 15, blow a, the trumpet in Zion. Now, this one is a trumpet in Zion. This is Zion is Israel. Consecrate a fast and call a sacred assembly. Again, here we go. A second sacred assembly. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders this time. The other one was about call a sacred assembly, gather the word gather the elders this one's not gathering this one's assembling them now so this is the first part is the dead in christ rising first the second part is the christians that are alive that remain and now these elders that are that remain that excuse me that have just risen from the dead are commissioned to gather the children what's the children the birth when you give your life to jesus you are born again you are a new child you are birthed your new babe in Christ. So those are the children and the nursing babes. Now you see how he def differentiates 
from children to nursing babes. Nursing babes are those that that are have no accountability. They they don't know right from wrong. So th- some of them teach the bar mitzvah as 13 years old. We don't know that. We've seen children that kill as early as six years old. So no, they have to know not right from wrong. And then they fall under the category of Romans and Romans tells them because they they don't know right from wrong, they're under the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes, they are sinners, but they're covered under the blood. And under the blood, they go up anyway. So here it is in chapter 2, verse 15, 16. It says, blow the trumpet. Trumpet, another trumpet. Wow, this is so connecting. This, this, is, this hermeneutics is awesome. Create a fast, call a sacred assembly. A sacred assembly, another one. Mm, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out from his chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priest who minister to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach, that the nation should rule over them. Why should they say among the people, where is their God? So clearly, the rapture had occurred and the Christians are gone. And the, the word Christian is encompassing of the Hebrews that uh, have adopted Christianity and have given their lives. Some people call it the Jews for Jesus. Others call it Messianics. I like to call them Christians. And they have devoted themselves to Jesus Christ. And they're gone. And also the Gentiles are gone. And that doesn't necessarily mean the entire church. Only those, according to Revelation chapter 3, verse of 14 and beyond, the Laodicean church, all those that are on fire and cold for God are gone. The lukewarm are left behind. Where do you read that? Matthew chapter 25. When we go there, I'll go there quickly. Again, we read that and we see here it says, and the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. And we remember we, when we were listening to Dana Coverstone, he said that the man that was there at the test center, he started pouring an oil from, uh, from some kind of flask that was never ending. And the oil kept on flowing. Well, they were, he was pouring oil on the virgins that were wise. And those were uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you study that, you understand that those these are teachers. These are people that are preaching the gospel uh, and, and sharing the gospel with the good news of Jesus Christ. And they have devoted their lives to Jesus. They have the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the word, the shield of faith, the Bible of truth, and the shoes of readiness. They know God. They live God. They have been persecuted by God, by not God, by, by the world. And they are just dedicated to God. And these are ready and the foolish ones are not. And then we were talking about, Dana was constantly mentioning the word midnight or, or noonday. He used noonday later on, but he started with midnight. And uh, that's the 12th hour. That's the fulfillment of the fullness of the hour before the hour of testing, which the hour of testing is at midnight and beyond that. You don't want to be here after that because if you're after that, you're left behind. Um, but those, that's why some people talk about that the entire church uh, is gone and everything, that's impossible. Well, that's kind of, you know, wrong teaching to believe that the entire church is gone when you know that the Bible breaks up the body of Christ into three parts. It, he breaks it up to hot, cold, and lukewarm. The lukewarm don't go nowhere. So um, the pastors that preach that, they're not reading the Bible correctly. The entire body of Christ does not leave. Half of them, a third of them stays behind. So, and here you read, at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. And all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, no less there should not be enough for us and you. Check that out. They are still being considerate to them. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself. Who sell and go buy for yourself. 
Those are prosperity teachers. Those are false teachers. These are wolves in sheep's clothing. You cannot buy the Holy Spirit. That's like one of those sorcerers in the books of Acts that he wanted to buy the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it just came back and bit him when he started saying, in the name of Paul and this one, I cast you out. And they were, the demons were like, well, let me see. Paul, I know. Uh, uh, Jesus, I know. Uh, you, I don't know. So they beat up the guy and they, he ran out naked. Um, that's clearly you cannot buy the Holy Spirit. It's, Holy Spirit is a free gift from God. You have to be devoted to God. He knows who. That's why baptism, for instance, we're going to be studying about baptism. Baptism is not essential for salvation. It is essential for obedience. So if God was to tell you something like, hey, you need to go buy this mug because now that you have become a Christian, it is part of the faith that all Christian, all Christians that are now born again uh, that are Bible believing on fire for God or cold for God buy this mug you go buy it and guess what every single member that are on fire for God obeys his commands and if you go to their cupboard they have that mug I'm using that as, as an example so if he's asking you to be baptized it's not for salvation it's for obedience so that's where you see so here you cannot buy the oil the oil is a free gift from the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, speaking of tongues and evidence and all the other gifts because it uh, doesn't necessarily have to be about prophecy or, or ministering or a pastor. You can have the gifts of listening and the gifts of, uh, of helping and uh, ushering and servitude. Or, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, you know, because that's just the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that He, he just bestows upon us. The highest gift would be prophecy, which I have. And many who have, but not all prophesy, not all uh, preach the gospel, not all, you know, have all these other gifts. So it, it, that's found in, in Romans and Corinthians and, you know, it teaches these things. So you just learn that God is calling you, uh, you know, to be ready in season and now because now we're at this point where David Coverstone's dreams are coming to pass, Kim Clement's. Uh, visions and dreams are coming to pass. My visions and dreams, Johnny Ortiz, Johnny Oro, uh, have been coming to pass. And, uh, you know, we, I've been warning the church to get, you know, gold and silver. Some people can afford gold and others cannot. So you buy silver, American Eagle, or, or bullion coins. And um, I shared with the church recently that I bought two rolls. And actually, when I got home, several days later, those, those actual rolls went uh, increased in value. And the gentleman that I bought it from actually only made $20 profit because now those, co those coins already increased in value. So I won on that one. And that, that was a great thing that I did. Um, it was just, I didn't even, you know, anticipate I was, going to, I was going somewhere to go buy something else or look out for something else and I ended up buying these coins. It was amazing. So I'm just letting everybody know that, you know, Jesus is coming very soon. We need to be ready because the gospel it has to be preached to all of these sinners. We can't just disappear and nobody preach the gospel. And we have to preach the gospel of righteousness and, and, and teach them what the Lord is teaching. The gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness, a perfect righteousness given to us when we believe. That's Romans 1.17. And God wants us to know the word of God so that we can go out there and share the word and give people hope and because, you know, in the next few months, it's going to be absolutely supernatural what's going to be happening. And people are going to be questioning what's going on, uh, what's happening, please, Lord. And they're going to be looking for that peace that surpasses all understanding. And Proverbs 133 says, But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. And that's Proverbs 133. The ultimate question is this, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Please say this prayer with me, this prayer of salvation. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died and rose again for my victory, for my freedom in you, Lord God. Father, thank you so much for sending your Son to Calvary to die on the cross, to break all the curses and to set me free from sin. I believe that he is your son, and I believe he died and rose again. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life, and I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer, then welcome to the kingdom of God. You are now born again, as it is written in John chapter 3, when Nicodemus asked Jesus, 
How can a man be born again? And Jesus answered very clearly, It's by the Spirit. The flesh gives birth to the flesh, but the Spirit to the Spirit. And that's how you got to do it. You got to confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and live for Him. Get baptized immediately in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit out of obedience and then live for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be on fire for Him, get cold for Him, but live for Jesus Christ. I am Prophet Pastor Johnny O, and this has been Synagogue Church of Jesus Christ, and it is going to be supernatural what's about to occur in the next few months, and you need to be ready. God bless you, and thank you so very much. May you just keep focused on Jesus. Amen.